Hey everyone, hope all goes well with you today. This is Pastor T, the apostolic pastor pioneer, really an apostle. I try to give new you know, meaning behind the traditional passed down words which were originally in the first church. And I don't know it all. I believe it was a lot more diverse in ministry than it is maybe right now. Even in all colors, they just sort of, you know, we all do that. Everybody sort of sticks to what's easy and familiar. But we're talking today, when I say those words, those big red flag buzzwords that have a lot of different kinds of connotations and meanings in ministry, such as apostle, chief apostle, I really do it because I, you know, because God's given me grace to think, let's stir it up. Let's just get everybody re-examining who's a Christian. What is a Christian? What is ministry? Who is a Christian? Who is Jesus? What is not? Why are we here? This is not about performing. It's not about being perfect. It's being about being who you are, but letting the Lord shine his light through you. A great light, greater than your own light, your own, you know, mannerisms. But then it will take work, conscious effort to make sure we're working on our deal so that he can shine through better. And I'm always working. I've got a lot to work on. I really do. So we're talking today. And the bottom line is, if I say chief apostle, those kind of words, I reserve when I think of a real capital A, mega chief apostle, capital P prophet, pastor, anywhere, I think of first church. Let's honor Paul and all the first 12 as the only ones really deserving the capital A because they were there before anything existed like this. They had no clue what would turn out. They were just pioneering along and trying to hear God and been the first 12 mentored by Jesus. So we want to honor that. And then Paul comes along and he had his own mission and he was not mentored by Jesus, but he was chosen by the Lord himself in a divine encounter of revelation and a river of revelation and his knowledge of him after he accepted the Lord. And so he went off and he got two thirds of the New Testament. So I think Pastor Apostle Paul deserves the capital A as well, definitely. He's the C chief, capital C, capital A. All right. I believe in our vocabulary, because many people are out there pioneering a, work, pioneering a ministry, a work, whatever you're thinking you're supposed to, you know, pioneer from the Lord, then you are really technically the, they didn't call him entrepreneur. They didn't call him, they call, you know, it's like if you're the chief one and you're pioneering, <coughs> you can be a trailblazer. A ministry business trailblazer or you could be with a call to found a movement a light in the darkness media church or mega business or micro and see this is it it should not be in any competition to me the impression I have from the Lord strongly is keep your mind on your own God's business and mind it well but then remember the tortoise and the hair are equal. The tortoise and the hair are equal. It's only if they look at each other and compete and compare, that's wrong. That's flesh. And many people will do that, will do that because it's natural. I think of the tortoise as Noah, a Noah. And a Noah will take long time, preparation, maturing, a long suffering, everybody making fun of him, thinking he's nuts doing things in faith that are so crazy only because he really hears 
something from the Lord that's right. So we think of, I think of, you know, Noah pioneering for 40 years a boat on dry land, the ark, and I'm sure Mama Noah and Sister Noah and all knowing all the people that knew him as wife would say, Noah, get a real job. You're not employed. You're just spending the family vacay money. Yes, you are. So he went through a lot for 125 years. Other, but it was when it was time, when it was Noah's season, it rained and he was, it was the God plan, the God plan in the human sense to defy all the imagination, to say, man, all these, to test everybody, probably Noah himself. Then there were other ones equally as long, Abraham, Father Abraham. There was also many ones like Sarah believing many tests of people who did not go sprinting out into ministry. So we want to make sure that we are not competing, comparing envious, devaluing and competition. So if you're in a tortoise call, that means, and this is how I want everyone to think, if you're in a tortoise or a Solomon, a Mother Teresa, if you are invisible behind the scenes praying in a closet, you've got to think God only as unto the audience of one, not competing, contrasting. You've got to think you are God's only unique individual that he wants you to do what he wants you to do, not what he wants. You don't, he didn't want you to do what they are doing or they with you and then no one who's big mega or solomon's need to look down and be crafty and haughty to you know use false authority occult authority so we want to we've seen this that's what we're saying so when i think of the body of christ the life in christ it should be a future church that each one has got a little bit of the puzzle. Nobody has it all. No one movement, no one style, no one color. And surely it's got to be diverse to be well-rounded, all kinds and styles without bias, legalism, you know, attacking and all this foolishness that goes on that robs God and hurts people by making them lose their focus because of immaturity. So we're working on a new future church, which I'm just throwing it out there and I talked to somebody yesterday I was in a bank and I told the uh, I was a fellow believer and I said you know it's just everybody wherever you are in a house in a bank wherever you work at your office in a big mega church you know whatever capitals or not then you are really before the Lord doing what you're supposed to do only minding your work his work through you and then be the church everyone be the church if everyone continues as we are now many places emotionally immature wannabeism arch vanity and not back to the normal first church of equal opportunity real respect humility first church ephesians for apostle paul walking it out in meekness and lowliness and long suffering Ephesians war first of you know and not and knowledge with the Holy Spirit leading us and being plain spoken not all 
envious or jealous or gossiping, whatever goes on the foul side, the dark side. So we want to start again. If I were to mention anything, because I think of my dad, my my father who is in heaven, my, I mean, my natural dad is a great dad, a really great dad and a pure dad, a winsome Christian. And he didn't have a big title back then. They were called reverend or something. And he was a pastor. But it was like, I got to watch him on and off the pulpit. And that is what I think of Christ. Walking about, amiable, talking to people, respecting them, all colors, all sizes, all big I, little you. He didn't care. He just thought of them as someone to respect and value. And he talked to each one like they were he was sincere, like he respected them, because he did. And so the opposite would be devaluing human people, males or females, black, white, or brown, skilled or not skilled. You don't want, I mean, you've got to see, well, who is a Christian? <laughs> Are they representing the basic Jesus of respect? That's really it. It's a modicum of respect. People are so smart. And people have been through so many different kinds of weird, extreme backstories. Leaders, lay, everybody. Especially people from persecuted races and colors or people who've been through abuse. We cannot any longer clone people and say, you know, if they're going to be, I've got to make them, I teach them till they conform into my image, my popular culture image or whatever. No, no, you got to say each one is different unique. You got to let them know they have your value and respect, but then they could be a new Paul, not wanted by the first well-trained apostles like Paul really wasn't. And they could be out there surviving and, you know, but really having the gift like a Paul to be the next movement of a new generation. So we don't want to typecast, stereotype, racially biased, gender biased, because God is using everybody all styles the issue is this cannot be we cannot we need not let it be a self-righteous move it's not about us it's not about me it's about the lord your lord all right i'm talking to christians servant leader if anything in my mind you know my dad he was such a loving gentle person with wit smart you know but nice i think but I don't think he was such a great speaker. You know, you don't have to be perfect. But in his life and legacy of love and respect for my sister, myself, my mother, his mother, all people, all races, I think he was on his call, which was E-O-R-R. -R. He was on his call before the audience of one. And that is only how God would grade him, if you want to think it in that term, when he looks at every individual. He, every Christian, he will look at you by yourself. This is my opinion that I, you know, I think, wow, that alleviates competition. It alleviates, it helps conscience get going again. And humility and brotherhood, sisterhood, you know, that community feel. Everyone, whether you're famous, which is not to be celebrity, according to Paul Ephesians, uh, in 1 Corinthians 1, 1 and 3, but instead it is renowned, which is Zechariah. Renown is okay. Oh, I know that them, they're, they're great. All that stuff. Renown is more biblical. Celebrity is more like shallow or Facebook or whatever, passing. I'm not saying it, you know, that's a, a, just to think about it a bit more.
because we want no one to feel less than left out with big eyes, clicks, the use of control and mega ministry, you know, or micro ministry because of the lost teachings of relationships. So when I think of anything, my family, unsung, I mean, fine, we're happy, happier. But just being before all this media got down there and all this, you know, big eye stuff came along and all these movements, which were four movements, not knocking movements, we're grateful. But I was there before and then during when the big mega Christian TV started and then all that's happened since. And I have a perspective, that's all. I like loud and I like big, you know, I'm for all that can be done, but I'm out here. My process has been in my life to be called to be in the fruit embedded in the body of Christ, the Christian community of all colors, to study it, be with it and observe. I guess God wanted me to observe the fruit of the teaching of the more famous or the, you know, whatever in the land. And uh, it also is to mature me. It did a lot. And also to make me a real prone to really inspect doctrine due to the fruit and the fallout in our nation in the seats. Are they biased? Are they respectful? Are they immune? Are they clueless? Is the crop they're producing from their flow haughty and suspicious? <laughs> are they good old boys or good old clubby people or not? And so we have a lot to say now. And when I was, had been, uh, you know, reared respectfully and quietly as a Christian, a natural, normal Christian, dominational. And then the Jesus movement came. I was that. And then Billy Graham and the Jesus movement really affected me, a vineyard type servant leader. And then the more, you know, all the moves have come along since then. Also trends, winds of doctrine. I remember deliverance and when word of faith started. And I remembered all these wonderful things different things glory and you know out of outpourings and i am pro god doing what he wants to do whether it's weird or not i'm just watching myself first of all i don't accuse i assess now i've seen fruit that does accuse that's why i'm teaching so frankly as paul said i don't boast in anybody I boast in the Lord. I've been given grace that dad was, why did God do that? Why did he give me happy parents, natural Christians that were coming down for other many years of strong, you know, Bible teachers. It was grace. Nobody's better than the other. I'm just sharing you my backstory because I'm submitting my opinion, not dogma, not hard dogma. For noble Berean, everybody pick it apart and everybody, it's your choice what is hay versus stubble out of anything I've ever said or ever done. The same with me, with you and anybody else, famous or not. I'm checking your doctrine out, which is right. Apostle Paul himself gave that as a role model. He said to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Why fear and trembling? It's You could really go off. You could go down. You could be sucked in and used. You could be die young. You could not make it to eternity with Jesus and God forever if you're not careful. That's why it's that big. 
because there's all sorts of things swirling in media these days more than ever. So if anything I would teach about today, it would be getting rid for the future church to the Christian community, the respecter of person's spirit. All right, here it is. There isn't such a thing in Old and New Testament about the respecter of person's spirit. That means you respect just a few, a pet few, your kind, your style, your color, whatever it is, your authority. But anyone else, you refuse to respect, or you are suspicious of them, or you are superior, or you're too poor to be with them, because see, it works both ways. What I feel this topic is for me that ties directly into that is, do I have, this is the topic for the, anybody, do I have to go to a friendly fire fellowship? And this leads to all this piled in there. All right. Let's talk about a friendly fire fellowship. Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5, a Pauline command from such turn away. All right. Little did I ever, ever suspect or even think about during my growing up years when I was reading this passage in the last days, People will be lovers of themselves, boasters. I'm going to read it from such turn away. And I thought, yeah, you know, that's decades back. And I went, man, it's going to be bad. All those non-believers will be doing it. <laughs> Listen, friendly fire is as friendly fire does or does not. So we are going to put this out there. It ain't about your race. You're chosen to be in that earth suit to model the best of your earth suit, heritage, culture, style, whatever it is. That's not it. It's what comes out of your earth suit. It what comes up out of your mouth and your earth suit and your actions and your reactions. So this is why it cannot be, it cannot be a outer earth suit move of God. It's got to be an inner inside heart, spirit led, move of God. No bitterness, no unforgiveness, no bias, but self-judging. Watch out. Self-judging, but not accusing. Assess anybody and everybody on the planet. Don't accuse them, but watch them like a hawk or a snake. You know, really, every anybody. We're all human. We're all prone to do something dumb and so forth. If, and, you know, to me, witch watchers, I will teach, I hope to teach one topic, one video, just to train this crowd, how to discern, how to keep your spirit open, but not go into condemnation, evil eye, psychic, and all that. I mean, that to me has been the horrible, because I'm a prophet, and I feel, I know these things are happening, you know. Tony, you know, let's assess people. This is what we need. They haven't been trained. That's all. They just are ignorant. So you say, when somebody comes in, you assess them. And you can assess them like you should, like a hawk. How they abide in the fruit of James 3.17. Do they really resemble the wisdom that comes from above? And do you and do I, if they're mature, 
over time. The wisdom that comes from above is, first of all, pure. Are they acting pure to the best of your ability to know? Are they acting peaceable, calm? Are they acting easily entreated, not stubborn, not, you know, getting in a fist fight to prove their point? Are they full of mercy and good fruit? Fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, meekness, self-control. That's Apostle Paul in Galatians 5, 23. All right, so the wisdom that represents truly the wisdom of God is not fault-finding. It's not super serious taking itself so seriously, all right? Not bitter, all right? It, so you watch, you know, you observe, and you say, are they, am I, and are they, Pure, peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality, without bigotry, bias, respect for just a few, and then only the big eyes get, you know, feel God's love. So there is a giant need for this part right there. The respecter of all people. You don't know. Here's the thing. You have to teach this now. I've been around. I really do. People are clueless about what a newbie or somebody who's been through other life experiences out on the battlefield may come in just to fellowship with Jesus. No secret agenda, no big witchcraft or no big weird, you know, power playing. They're just tired or they're the head of a business, a ministry, and they're just been through the H word in their life or their ministry. And you come in to just Get in with the Holy Spirit, refresh, and mind your own business. And instead, the victim ministry, suspector, religious spirit of suspector of persons, all about it. This is where we're teaching how to assess versus accuse. You accuse by, you don't accuse, you assess by their fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience. That's part of the fruits of the Spirit in the mercy and the goodness of God. All right, it says, if they represent, if we represent the goodness of God in James 3.17, the wisdom of God, if we teach that to homes and marriages and ourselves and work on it, consciously work on it to be more like the wisdom that comes from above, we'll all be pure, peaceable, easily entreated full of mercy and good fruit without partiality and without hypocrisy. No hypocrites, all right? No Pharisees. So that way we'll have a trustworthy, sincere, organic First Church representation in ministry and in life, and we'll have much more E-O-R-R, -R, less divorces, less abuse, less... I mean, you'll get to go to church now and not wonder if you're in a friendly fire fellowship from such turn away or an occult. All right. And so we're speaking, you know, right up, right on, just straightforward. Let the chips fall where they may. All right. So if I were to say, what is a friendly fire fellowship? Do you have to go if that's all you got in your area? See, my point is, I have been through a long suffering with this. I was in, I had a, I have had a thorn in my flesh during this time of discovering wealth and the elite, where nobody would ever want to know because they don't believe in talking to anybody that's not in their realm, that's just okay. 
but I stand, I'm out here, I was out there vetted with my own ministry, but I'm not complaining, but I was with out there with the fruit and what would watch others, many others that were going through a lot of things. And I would come in there just, and I know my term of professional ministry, I just don't have to be famous, I hope, to get, I don't need to be recognized. I just want the basic bottom line of any person come into a ministry, respect. So we've got to teach them now. They're not. Not all are like that. Too many. Too many in certain fields that I happen to be sent for the Holy Spirit. The fields that ironically are very white for harvest, but they're not all white people in those harvest fields. you got to be ready. All right. So I would think our role model for any kind of minister is Jesus the office prophet, pastor, pioneer teacher, witness to the world, non-clubby Jesus in Acts 10.38. He went about doing good, healing all those who are oppressed by the devil, the wicked one, the evil one oppresses. It didn't say Jesus oppressed the followers with his style, his false teaching, or his impressive charisma he didn't have a cult spirit all right he, he respected he's like to me i think he was an unsung he was not famous back then this is pre all this going on resurrection and all the tribes coming forth and the books being written this is back then he was just a you know what he was he wasn't famous and he was the rivalry of the system, the legalistic system, all-knowing system of the Pharisees who were the power pumpers and owned the turf of God's houses in that day, the religious Hebrew systems. Well, Jesus was raised up around them. They knew him and Mary and all his family because he'd always, they were really, I've been to Jerusalem. They were really in little narrow stone houses back then, and everybody could know everybody's business, and you could hear all the whispers and all the stuff. So I think of down-home Jesus. You know, Jesus was out of Nazareth and out of Bethlehem and all that, but I'm really thinking of the principle of the day is there were, it wasn't all fame, and then when you think famous, many people think, oh, easy. No, 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 not. So he who had been raised around them, the sweet infant Jesus. But when he got to about 12, he started to shock the Pharisees or the teachers of the area because he knew so much. He knew the Lord. He was the Lord. And so then he had the first miracle at the wedding of Cana. And his mother said, Jesus, those people have run out of wine. They're our good friends. Can't you turn them into water, the water into wine? And he said, Mom, it's not my time. But he did. He respected his mother, so he did. And we had our first miracle at Cana. And someone said this, not me, so I'm going to give whoever it was the quote. They said, the best way and the only way to a real miracle and your ministry happening or anything else that you need is whatever he says, do it. That's all, that's all we do. Day in, day out. Day in, day out. That's It's like Noah you don't know what's going to happen or how it's going to, you just keep on doing what God says. That's, that's the way we do. That is Enoch walking and talking with God daily. It is similar to Ezekiel's wheel being led by the gyroscope of the Holy Spirit, the vision of the wheel within the wheel. That's 
listen, this is not a club. This is a, a membership, really more of the FOS club, fellowship of his sufferings. That's like Paul. It's more like community. Oh, everybody's got their part. Everybody's got their share, but we don't look alike. We don't, we don't think alike. We don't even think the Bible the same way and teach it the same way, but we can at least work on us to be mature and have relationships. And know the basic bottom line criteria for being a Christian and teaching about fellowshipping and about authority. So there's not some clubbiness culture of big eye, you know, ins and outcasts, which is there in usually famous face followers down at the grassroots. Because I've been embedded, I was embedded during the last over half my life. So I'm grateful for all the really good, positive things I've seen. Man, I really am. But because of anybody who's got a call, it's going to have trouble. And you're going to have your own, uh, if you're Nehemiah, your own people that try to get you, undermine you. So read Ode to Whelp. One day, I'm going to, because it really is where I got all this trouble. Cause I'm just trying to mind my business. Trying to do what the Lord says. Got a lot of fires in the background in my home. Got a lot of damaging, deadly stuff perhaps going on from time to time. But I'm just not letting anybody know. I just keep on going because I'm following the Lord, my God. Scripture. Apostle Paul teaches a perspective, a very important perspective. He says in Ephesians 3, he says that the church is there to model before the powers and principalities. Somehow, I've not been a part. I've been led to study the culture of Western European Levitical Patriarch, good old boys, big and small, gentrified now. I've studied many others as well that are not like that. I've been in many colors of congregations, spirit-filled not, servant leaders and not, and I respect the whelp very good teachers, very good, you know, very good skill. And they're not the only ones that have issues, real issues. But I am an apostle and a prophet that has to let them know, some of the, a few of these know that they don't own the wells. This is, I'm more diverse. I can handle being in the background. I don't have to, I just want to be, I'm happier like this, frankly. I picture Apostle Paul like an, at an outpost, out with the barista fellowship level where people could ask him a question. They could talk doctrine, ask, you know, I, I really like that. I'm, it's more me. Being down to earth, approachable, then we move on to the next, you know, whatever God says. I like that. So to me, the opposite, I think my extreme opposite is celebrity. But if you're called to have renown, that's different. If you're called to have people know you more and more people are out there, that's different. It's your heart that is the difference. But doctrine follows, and that's why I'm out with the product of mega, micro, and mini. And I was raised not poor, not witch-watching, not oppressed. I was raised not under the law, so I was liberated. I didn't need ever to want to be a women's litter, liver. 
I was like raised to think, well, ever, you know, whatever's right, I'll do it. And if you're going to marry, there's chain of command. It's Ephesians 5.21, 5.22, which is no deal to me and my family. I know tons more people like that in my network, black and white, that just don't have a big issue about all this. See, when you go into these groups, subgroups of Christians, you'll find control. And they're there to protect their own bastion. And they're, own, they're well-meaning, and they're a lot of these that are the most controlling and the most withstanding. Those subcultures usually are raised from their background. Many are poor, poverty background, under the law in the mountains or hills by mama or daddy, and they have no respect. Not all. That didn't mean you're any worse or any better. I'm not any worse or any better. It is a history which all of us must deal with our culture so that we don't bring anything down the pike that would accuse, demean, demand, try to own, enslave. <laughs> there is a subculture like that. So if I deal with Noah and his ark, Noah had no subculture context. Neither did Apostle Paul or the first church before Jesus, the subcultures and all this religion. All this training has come down the pike since with a lot of stiltedness. The doctrine of, doctrines of the Nicolaitans, which means controlling persons, and then personality cults and false religion. Everybody watching, you know, she doesn't go to church, he does, you know, all that type of stuff. So it made me, all this combined the last, since the 80s, since I started this call was to say what is really right about calling people evil things to other people and you've never spoken to them what's it about knowing everybody's business and a pastor thinking and his group i've seen it in small rural i've been in metropolitan mega dallas mega over on the eastern, you know, Norfolk, Virginia Beach, Charlotte now. I'm happy with mega cosmopolitan, but I'm definitely a micro, happier there being relating to people. That's it. That's all I want to do. Whatever God tells you, do it if it's right. Whatever he tells me, let me do it. Then shine in your best for the Lord's glory. That's all. All right. So if I were to say, to somebody because see I identify I can I identify with people who are tender pure-hearted inexperienced with that you are maybe mature in your own way bring brought up your mature behavior but you didn't know all the rules of certain doctrines that you found yourself involved in that you had no clue were there that's me because I was not raised controlled I was not raised I was raised Baptist which to me, Baptist is probably one of the safest, and black and white, black people and Baptists and Catholics, that kind of, you know, denominational people are really just probably a safer place. They don't get, they're less controlling. Now within different movements, you can find ones that are, surely. But when I visit, as a visitor, test case for the body, I think, man, it's so nice. Oh, thank God there's no hoop jumping here. There's no performing big eyes. I don't have to be scanned and never spoken to, insulted, and <laughs> watch out. I better watch out. I'm being scanned. I'm on my P's and Q's. That's no fun. 
that's downright weird. So we're trying to shake it up. I really am. I'm shaking it. I really am shaking it. Ministry, why not to hurt them? I mean, you are. Why can't we make it happy for people to join and be with the Holy Spirit? Why can't we make it happy for people to visit? What if they visit 10 churches and want to go to five of them? That's their business. I am not going to control you and tell you you're no good. You're a devil, a demonic church offer like they're doing, like all, like all these are doing. I don't think it's black skinned. It's all good old persons. Good old boys. I don't think the women do it half as much. Excuse me. I'm submitting that as a respectful sila to the men, these men in the land. <laughs> I must have been your test case. I had no clue. My dad, nobody I knew had been into such, wow, I've never been through anything like that in my family prior to this last 20 years in the prophetic, certain kinds, the prophetic, controlling prophetic. So all this gives birth, this new person here, which is up front and trying to train and teach a future church not to go there. And also work, work on yourself, your own salvation. I'll work on mine. I always have, you know, I have to work on mine. It's only right. All right. So we look at Paul, our missionary to us. We look at Paul, who is the mentor to this ministry. And he's writing his son in the Lord, Timothy, and Paul himself writes a disclaimer. It says, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with a pure conscience. He's not an Eli Temple High Priesthood for Samuel waiting for Ichabod. Right? <laughs> and without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers day and night. So there's a lot of humility and relationship respect and caring for another person. It's just not about my ministry, let's do this, let's get my board together for our minute. No, 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 no. This is about someone locked in a cell by himself basically most of the time. And even though he had great pedigrees in his past, great teaching, such a great rabbi and such a great knowledge filled legalist, hey, he counted it all dumb because he'd rather be with God and hang out with him and his people. That's all it was for his ministry. But his calling and his authority was needed to write and pen these letters to the churches to set them, you know, give them teaching relationships and authority and wrestling not against, you know, perspectives that we can all benefit from. So I won't go through the whole bit of Paul. Let's get over to this right above chapter three, chapter three of first of second Timothy. Now it says, and this is the, I will say this, I will never get over that I started to discover this certain kind of bossy, dominating, diminishing, disrespectful, unyielding ministry crowd prior to back in the day in the 80s, not everywhere at all. And it was only here and there up in Virginia and up in different places. It was not until the deep Southwest in a mega, mega, mega sense that I found it. I don't know if you'd say a predominant charismatic culture. And that is why, you know, the Bible teaches me because I've studied it because of you guys, a few of you. Well, it, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 
to the church of Thyatira that if any leader, head leader, and I'm the lampstand leader of this, if any leader encounters a false teaching Jezebel, dominating demonic Jezebel, God holds them accountable to upfront confront it and set them down. So I'm not, I don't have the power or the whatever ministry to set them down, but I'm confronting the controlling whelp, dominating doctrines that are dark and hurt people, God's people, with evil eye, witch watching, rumoring, never confronting, never respectful by confronting up front, just sort of hearsay goes and our, our serious skill is all I need. I need my cult serious skill. Oh yes, I've read, I had a dream. I had a dream and then I heard brother so-and-so sister. Yes, they said the same thing to me. All I did was research. All I did was research. I thought, there for the grace of God go I. That's coming from back in the hill. Jezebel, Laura didn't come from that. But it's also Massachusetts witch trials, spectral evidence. You don't talk to them. You've never talked to them in face-to-face -face relationship to inquire in person. You are not submitted, you all, to Matthew 18.15. You're not submitted to humble Galatians 6.1. If you feel they have a flaw, what's in your Bible? You're back into the law and also character assassinators so therefore i teach it because when you're in the prophetic realm the holy spirit realm you get you know there is a realms not just oh i'm saying a word i'm hearing a message i'm reading the there's an underlying occult realm or holy spirit realm which can invade you that can you know cause you to be oppressed and like i said i'm not an oppressed kind of person and i don't oppress people i don't want to but when I'm around a lot of the spooky doctrine in their bathwares with many people, like they're all scanners and they don't relate, <laughs> that wears you down. It's fatiguing as a happy person. A happy, and when you know they've got, because I've been around these groups, the prophetic group alone since the 90s, early 90s, I know they're, you know, a lot of vocabularies, like they're watching for witches, they're expecting the worst. <laughs> all visitors are animals in disguise. <laughs> If they, I'm sorry, if they're back in the, some of these, gentrified, well, micro or many. See, I'm just sharing the other half. The rest of us, we don't have to live like that. We don't want to live like that. We want Holy Spirit, let him roar. But we don't want to have weird, like oppressive things that cling to you, the doctrinal bathwaters. The front, here's the first thing the frown of false doctrine. They're not smiling and cheery, no. That's the first sign, the scowl of false doctrine. If they're scowling, if they say it, they're a Pharisee, all right? Secondly, the fruit of relationships. Do they have the fear of the Lord? Or are they respectful to everybody and anybody? Are they kind? And then do they look like James 3.17? So let's get onto this with some more meat. So before Paul teaches, the Apostle Paul teaches about the friendly fire fellowship from such turn away. He also talks about this kind of people group that's in the subculture that I that are ornery. All right, they could be wannabe baby believers, real people that are not you know civilians. They could be yourself. They could be ministers. They could be all caliber of gifting. All right. It says Paul writes. 
He writes to the leaders. That's why it's important. Humility is very big in your call if you're a pastor or a head person. And he's always working on us. All right. So Paul writes to Timothy's beloved son. He says, and the servant of the Lord must not strive, push ahead, fake it till you make it. The servant of the Lord, he says, the servant of the Lord, not the superstar of the Lord, not the celebrity, not the famous known ego, but the servant of the Lord, everybody's included, must be gentle unto all men, all humans, apt to teach and patient, whether you're in a house in a mega ministry, no ministry, just loving God, and you are a servant leader. You could be sent to somebody to do this, whether they are officially your minister or not. All right. So the servant, equal opportunity, any color servant, the servant at large of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle to all people, apt to teach and patient, instant in season and out, let's say. Here's our secret. Verse 25, in meekness, instructing those who oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. In other words, there's a whole crowd of ministers, they are, and persons who are conflicted and angry and not knowing who they really are, who they're not. There are a lot of people who are opposing themselves, carnal Christians. I had, I've met female ones. I used to, <laughs> I had a, when I first, I was, uh, had a house and so I thought I'd rent a room or let somebody stay there that I met at a church. And that was in Dallas. And then I had no clue about the underlying person underneath. And it was just a very hard, tough, controlling and angry at men. Now, see, I learned I'm not angry at men. I like men a lot, but I'm forthright because you're the ones that are called usually to do most of the Christian ministry and lead your family and lead the flock. So because I'm no wuss and I respect you, I can say it. So I am very careful if I have anybody that's a female, anybody that is biased and I watch my heart and I'm not going to let my inner circle feed me their poison in my inner circle. You're out. I don't obtain gossip. Never have. I, I distance myself. So this lady was always, you know, before I met her, she'd been through all this stuff and you're not responsible before you met him, but you have to deal with it and you love them. You try to work it out slowly, but the Lord showed me this, a lot of people who go back way back or even lately that have big issues, controlling issues, emotional issues, suspicious anger, bitter issues towards certain people groups or style. They're the ones that could be like this verse. And they're in our culture everywhere, Christians and ministers. So the secret is that's why humility God's working me and you because you don't know when you're going to meet a tough, they're called tough customers, MTCs. I announce MTCs is my special. I am a specialist at MTCs, mentally tough customers because they always have tried to not, they've already tried to override me and take me down. But you know what? I only grew up 
went to God, got stronger, and I'm not controlled. I'm not going to be controlled. I'm not going to stay where I'm not respected. And it's for the sake of all of you who need maybe to ask a few tips and pointers once in a while, because I can help you. I used to be, because I'm very respectful, too respectful. It was like, I thought it was great. No matter what, you forgive them and you just keep on going and you go and you go and you forgive them. They got, you know, you're human, they're human. Then I realized the principle, you got their bathwaters, their doctrinal bathwaters, and some of it is now occult. And some of it is witch. And some of it is like trying to take you down because they don't want you. You know, there's like this bias and this weird false religion in Christianity in too many churches. So we're just talking, letting people think about it, see if it's right, evaluate the caliber of where God wants you to go. Because see, I'm very, I'm a prophet, a true office prophet seer, and I will notice things that somebody who's not, maybe not, I'm more, I have to be very more careful so I don't get bogged down in the mire of their false teaching their stuff and then because I don't fit their mold I'm not a clubby kind of <laughs> I'm too frank and upfront then I get all these little witch watch things and psychic things they'll try to feel me out from afar and they sit there a prayer you know it's just it doesn't I'm not personally affect I, I, I'm not personally gonna let it affect me but I know about it to teach on it and help them stop it so blessed are the pure in heart they shall see god that's jesus blessed are those who are witch watchers have a secret agendas they're not pure-hearted they're going to miss it you're going to miss it if your heart is not pure you're going to feed people your choices and miss the whole thing and you could be occult your point your choice your choice all right so we look at for our own help and edification second timothy 2 24 through 26 for leaders minister in meekness as a servant of god to those who are posing themselves out in the seats in your house you yourself in the mirror <laughs> whatever and watch out all right i teach vocabulary because of this because i've noticed how racism is being to accused white people as racist and so i was out in dallas when all this started and i realized you know I'm not racist. I didn't come from racist. I know so many plenty of people are not, and a lot of black people aren't racist either, and some of them are. So I thought, let me help train the white people and train anybody to know. First of all, I thought, we all need to say, I'm a Western European American, I'm an Eastern European American, whatever you're from, and not a white person. Don't say they have all those forms. That's not right. They should have Western European american eastern european whatever it is if they're going to make it equal on those governmental forms you have to fill out every so often all right but then i thought what are the why when i go certain kinds of fields of doctrine do i get racially profiled and biased against typecast and why when i go to others i don't so i started to racially profile them back and that's how i got wealth because I was getting accused for sitting there in James 3.17, peaceful, approachable maturity. And these people were like hyper spies of, you know, perceptive seerish with angst. <laughs> it 
issues, they have issues in their bathroom. Yet they got great Holy Spirit, some of these, and great, you know, worship. So it's tricky. It is tricky. So that's why I thought, you know, what once, so I noticed when I got racially profiled, it was never a black person or a brown person or a non-mean person <laughs> or a Baptist, a white Baptist, no, or a Catholic or a vineyard, maybe a vineyard. I don't know. No, they're really nice usually, but never hostily. All right. So when I would go, I realized they're too kind. I'm picking up that I'm a different kind of white person because my energy is really diverse. I've always had a thing with Africans. I really have. I always fit in with the crowd of Hispanics and Africans and, you know, all this stuff. I'm just happy. And I do have rhythm and I do have a little bit of childishness, which they, Indian people, like. Indian people are like, not all people are super sober, stoic. And yet it's good to be healthy. I'm very, I'm very mature. I have a foot on the ground, but it's loving with relationship respect. That's the foot on the ground. Trying to be practical as we walk out the Holy Spirit. And by this is God's grace after many years of being milled and sifted, okay, to give God glory and to help the people that are, need this. All right, so let's say if I go in and they're white, if I go in and they flare, if I trigger them, their wealth, <laughs> Western European Levitical patriarchism. So that's shepherding movement. My term is wealth. Probably comes down from slave masters. And but what they are, this culture is we centric. We are the worldwide colonial. I'm not colonial. I come from maybe my mama's side had some colonial. Daddy was really probably, I don't know, indentured servant or something, but I don't know for sure. But what we don't want is owning people or that we know more than everybody in a haughty way. We have to now know and realize big, big famous people, all of us have to know, and you know, anybody who's older needs to know that a lot of people are having it rough have had it rough. And a lot of people have grown up with media and great teaching and fabulous teaching and worship and things on YouTube and media. And now they are, their knowledge is amazing. And their spiritual gift is huge in the audience. We don't need to put them down. We need to be aware. I think that um, because I value the older generation, I am a part of it, but I don't feel I identify. I don't feel I can get there right now. I feel too young to feel old. <laughs> I really, I really am. Sorry. But I think I, I'm really sent more to the young future church than my age has probably been my most biased against me, you know, most confused emotionally about myself, my diverse, whatever this white woman is. All right. Put in the white woman earth suit by the Lord that was tailor made for her mission, just like you are put in your kind of earth suit for your mission and they were all a test to different kinds of people including yourself about our earth suit that's all it is all right so when i had been brought up raised real well maturely and happy and always servant leadership and i don't know why i wasn't poor not rich but i wasn't poor so i just thought you know all christians are going to be respectful and nice and i never had met 
false teaching before, to my knowledge. So I was, when I first was in ministry, we'd lived in a very small town when my dad was a pastor. I was probably the most miserable as a child till we moved to Norfolk, Virginia Beach, because I'm a perceiver of areas. And when I got to Virginia Beach Cosmopolitan, I went, oh, and I flourished. <laughs> and then I went back to Central Virginia for my, you know, when I got married, I went to college. And then that's where the ministry started, the grassroots ministry. And because my dad had been a grassroots minister, I thought that's, you know, and TV started to pour into the grassroots. I was there before it got famous, as it got famous, and now what we got. And it was a lot of really good. But because I was not raised country, I was not raised with back traditions and mindsets, minefields of country law or accusing, giving Baptists don't accuse that I know in a general sense. They do not. I was not raised under, these are tongue talkers, I was not raised keeping watch over everybody to see if they go to church or not. No, I was not. But that was new because I was always invited. I used to be invited around the area to different pastors, gatherings, and meetings for a decade, all right? And that's how I started my urban, you know, networking and urban suburban type thing. Very pure hearted, none of this big occult stuff back then. But I, you know, I'm an observer, always notice. And I was just much more timid and reserved because I was feeling, even though I knew, you know, I didn't know because of female things, I didn't know what my authority was allowed to be. And yet I knew I had, I didn't see myself as under the law like that. I wasn't going to be, I wasn't raised. I knew that they could have their opinion. I could have mine still goes. All right. So along the way, I realized I was in seeing different kinds of out in the field experiences, which affect many people that are also out in the field near these tribes, near these cultures, near these groups where they're planning a fellowship. And if they are dignified, if they're mature, they're going to say, oh, we're so grateful. If they have a visitor or somebody that doesn't go to church, they're more kind. They'll say, Oh, we're so grateful that they came. We're, you know, that's why Baptists are so happy. They just don't criticize you and rebuke you if you don't go to church and mind your business, to my knowledge, or black people. Maybe some do. I don't know. Never had that problem, that issue with them. All right. So we look at verse 3. Chapter 3, Paul is writing us. Now, chapter 3, I've had, like, experience of a really grassroots happy there very happy with there right now i'm happiest there but then i like to go and be with big groups if they're servant leaders i like to go but i'm just happy being myself with other people like this that's fine for no hurry go in here just whatever god says but i can speak from great authority through big firsthand luke eyewitness lots of experience where i could see a doctrinal fruit that was great, mature and pure, great authority, and then I could see the opposite. So we are here for the body and the Christians and the people who don't know the Lord, and maybe they've been bitten by the same thing, and they need to know they're not all evil for not wanting to go to church. You've got to hear God now more than ever. I don't really mean that. So if you need a, a friend that understands that side, you got one. All right. 
everybody's born alone and when you die you're going to stand alone before the lord big i little you whatever it is you got to be ready your call trust the lord for you that's what's right all right so we got to move on here to second timothy three and the question i want to ask that we need to know from god for our consciences for our safety do we have to go to a friendly fire fellowship all right this is a paul thing now we're listening for paul's words know this that in the last days perilous times will come for men that means humans men and women shall be lovers of their own selves covetous boasters proud blasphemers disobedient to parents unthankful unholy without natural affection truce breakers false accusers incontinent fierce despisers of those that are good traitors heady high-minded lovers of pleasure more than lovers of god having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away so in a basically and there's so much more to teach on this basically these people are me centric and there are a lot of those in the world my four my ministry my style my occult ministry perfectionist viewpoints all these things and these could be micro could be mega for god's people even shall be lovers of their own selves now if they're lovers of themselves who isn't we're all going to do that we're all going to fail you know sadly but if you're representing the Lord, you have a bigger criteria. Are they all about being under them? One, you know, your way or the highway. There are people that are totalitarianism now. Their doctrines, they have their occult. They don't have a this is why we're teaching. Apostle Paul says, everyone work out your own salvation. Everyone be a noble Berean. It's a command. He says, Ephesians 4 community. If you're into one group that says we're against, we're, it's our style, our totalitarianism, our dom. No, no, we're going to keep watch on you. That's shepherding. All right, I'm going to tell the ones in Florida and tell the one in Virginia, the two on the East Coast and the Southwest. I'm going to tell that you're unsubmitted, but we've never spoken to you. That's well. All right, I'm going to tell you because we've kept our eye on you that you're in this faith too. Some of them, not the top. When I talk about this it's grassroots people who are privileged to think they own everybody because their false teaching is this level or their granddaddy but not necessarily coming from the very top founder because those people probably are not under the law i haven't heard that from all these kinds of people usually they're okay usually but you got to check them out make sure so if i'm thinking they're lovers of themselves. They're set in their ways. They're etched in concrete. It's our doctrine, our style. We don't even know the word noble brand. We didn't even know Paul says you can pick apart your own doctrine. We're not even for respectful. It's your choice to hear God for yourself. No, no, no. It is up. Or we're going to call you evil. That's part of this Isaiah 20, 520 that's out there huge. Mega, famous, not famous. It's huge in America cult spirit all right calling people good calling things that are good that are evil evil good 
people they've never talked to, discussed with, have no clue except reputations, rumors, they're calling you witches. <laughs> they have their witch lists and stuff. I've been around 30, 45 years doing this, so it isn't like I'm a playtime. All right. So persons will be lovers of themselves. Covetous. Now I'm going to teach it through the Christian ministry. Covetous. Yeah, I want to be like brother so-and-so. You know, I'm, a, I'm going to get my business suit. I'm going to look like him. I'm going to think like him. I'm going to want his perks and his money and his waiters and his staff. <laughs> Covetous. Keeping your eye on somebody else for their stuff. For persons will be lovers of their own self. My uh, degree... Yes, I'm descended down from brother so-and-so, the bishop. I'm descended down from Jesus. Uh, that was, to me, how Paul had to deal with it, because Paul was an outcast to the first 12 apostles handpicked, mentored by Jesus. So when Paul got saved miraculously, he went over to help them. They didn't want it. His energy was not theirs. Why? Because he had a different call, the two-thirds of the New Testament. But they couldn't get along. They didn't want to be his friends, so he went up and departed to go to Damascus for 13 years. This is the same principle. I could just see these people among themselves. The cloistered few. Paul, he's pretty suspicious. Man, he was not mentored like we were by Jesus. He's just a flake. So anyway, know this, that in the last days, and these are the last days, and they are perilous, major perilous, ministry perilous. In the last days, humans will be lovers of themselves, covetous boasters. Yeah, we're under famous so-and-so pastor. We are under the shepherd. We have a spiritual father. That's against, that's a Pharisee thing. Jesus rebukes in Matthew 23. Look at the end of that chapter. Don't say anybody's your spiritual father. See, you're trading on their coattails. You're trying to work it so you get more favor and money. All right. For people will be loved. God's people will be lovers of their own selves, covetous boasters, proud. We are the select. We have the inside doctrine. We really do. We know more. All right. Blasphemers, disobedient to parents. All right, blasphemers. This is my thought when I've dealt with a cult and cult, cult following and famous ministers. I'm out with the group and I'm seeing the cult. I meet the spirit of cult. All right. You get diagnosed, never spoken to. You get 10 or 20 of them <laughs> It's not fun. As a prophet seer, you just take note. You're watching them, and you just see what they're doing. And after a while, you went from such turn away because it's invading you. It's really it's disrespect and demeaning and also very psychic and very demonic that they're reading you, like putting their jabs, their unseen rays, Whatever that is, a you know, analogy to that's similar to that, and I know that because I'm a prophet seer for this reason to not be spooky to make it plain. Read them back. 
by God's grace, only by God's grace. Who'd have wanted to know this? I wouldn't want to know this because I can, you know, and I've moved out. I need a break. Needed a break for a long time. I didn't know I was picking up till lately what exactly it all is. All right, so I would say, are these people blasphemers? What is a blasphemer? They take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And what does the Mosaic Ten Commandments say? Do not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. He will not hold you guiltless who take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. So when I look at that, when I really, I thought, well, uh, here I went because they advertise. This is what we're telling them. Got to teach them. You advertise it's a church. That it's a fellowship all right we come because we think fellowship jesus christ ephesians 1 6 accepted in the beloved fruit of the spirit everybody open wants you there because they're advertising it's going to be multicultural every kind of style is welcome and respected that's the basic bottom line you go there it is bait and switch false advertising because they only want their style their few pet skilled ones or their whatever easily dominated ones or their color only and it could be black or white that does it so we're saying this is to me if you say and i'm submitting as a sealer respectfully if you say you are a christian church a christian ministry don't false advertise to me it's taking it's, it's something about taking the lord's name in vain you're using god by advertising his church to get people in and donate to your coffers. Maybe. All right. Disobedient to parents. How can, well, some of them are disobedient. Who is, you know, a lot of people are disobedient in all kinds of ways to their parents. And even the occult could be a disobedience. But then some, let's say, what if it, you have a spiritual type of parent that you knew your homegrown by, but you've departed from that and made an ego out of your own self. Unthankful. I've thought of that a lot. This has really troubled me for a decade now. When I've been in famous celebrity subgroups in the embed, you know, visiting to get away just because I had my own ministry and need a break and love the fellowshipping, you're supposed to. I would find that uh, Dallas especially, wow such i don't know if it's such ego if it was such pride such you know we're used to we're used to not you know we're used to getting god sent us thousands and 35 at a time and we have all these big huge populations so therefore they they minimize people typecast people are biased against certain types and i'm one of i was one of them <laughs> every time i do that i think Therefore, the grace of God, I go, I, and how do they treat black people if they do that to me, a white sister? They're so undiscerning, too. They don't even know an office prophet from a Jezebel spirit in the occult groups. They don't, they're really, they're really off. So I think, all right, they're ungrateful. They're ungrateful. Why? The we-centric, it's we-centric colonial charismatic and any other kind you know not all of them are like that but man it's it's horrible all right because i love the lord and his body and i'm here for the body and it is a new season not for cults but for christian christianity all right so they're unthankful that means we're not grateful god is sending us new people 
that we got our cult to protect and do it at any any more you know let's let's do it at any means to control them what is that i think it's called mammon centric they made it big and i guess they got to keep their money coming in and their their product we've got our product it's a famous worldwide product and it's, it's around many realms it affects mega thousands who are devoted cult members i'm just saying it jeff you know your choice if it's right or wrong so we in the future church are we going to let it be a real church are we going to say it's really diverse equal opportunity real respectful a community or is it going to be about all the cults this famous person's cult all over the world and that famous person's christian cult all over the world or this christian mega celebrity with all the devout cult members is that what we want that's what we're having that is what we're having so i think that would be tying into the next part unthankful but unholy no fear of the lord if there's no fear of the lord they don't respect you or me and they got a lot to give up to love people. They have too much to give up to love themselves. Without natural affection, same thing, not clean, unnatural. Without natural affection, they have some un other kinds of affections. They're not first love affection or they'd be humble, pure in heart. Truce breakers, false accusers, False accusers, that's, that's why I'm out of that kind of movement. I really am. I, I, I'm not a charismatic. Too many of that. All right. Never confronted. Seen many other, never, you know, jumped, gossiped about all this stuff. It's so sad. It's like, why? <laughs> Does that fit Jesus? Does that role model Jesus? Does that win the loss? Does that make Jesus look proud and good? I mean, does it make him look safe and loving? No, it is more like a friendly fire fellowship from such turn away. Why do you want to go? If you get jumped, I've gotten jumped. See, Ode to Whelp at the top of online fellowship. I've gotten jumped for showing up in DFW in 2010, in Central Virginia 2003 and Central Virginia 1996 and then I've been you know but what doesn't kill you makes you grow up but it helps you examine their doctrine and have Bible teaching fodder to help many people so I look back at what did I do and each time it was the same whelp covering shepherding I didn't know I had no clue it was that big so what it is, I trigger them. I'm more diverse and I am white. They're white. They're all white. And I trigger something. And so when I've studied all this stuff that I've taught on Welp and Jezebel's, all is in that one kind. And I'm here to help them. My plan is to help you, to deliver you from yourselves, to deliver you from false teaching so, and occult spirits so that God will not judge you, really. And to help that you will not be accountable when you die and it's too late for all the people that you call Jezebel and you hurt them and their reputation and smeared them and covered them with accusation instead of God's love. So we're teaching, we're standing up for the righteous, not holier than thou, but we're here to spare them from pain and suffering. Really are.
That is an integrity thing, isn't it? Honor thing. So there are false accusers, incontinent, no self-control, no self-government. Hmm. Fierce, they are. These are fierce with standing you, glowering at you, won't relate. Not pure in heart. Fierce, territorial, tough, intimidating, trying to make you be under, the, you know, or like keep you in order. I don't know what this is. It's just Phariseeism to the me mega length. It is just false. Pauline. Pauline is a mentor in this. He's teaching this. All right. Fierce despisers of those that are good. Let me hit it on the head. You walk in and you're new. You're a stranger. You may go for a few times before this thing surfaces like the from bells above underneath their doctrinal bathwaters. <laughs> All of a sudden you realize. I'm being, I'm being stared at with a scowl, which means false doctrine. I'm being like shunned and avoided skillfully by the certain kinds of spooky elders. I'm being scanned by the one in the back and the couple, that man in the front and the one over there because I'm a prophet. So I, that gets my, you know, prophet's attention, the seer. And I went, so uncomfortable. Like they must have pegged me. They must believe I'm an evil sent one. This is how this is you're calling evil good and good evil. They're Isaiah 520. False. I know my heart. I know I'm sitting there in James 317. Anybody could talk to me. I'm easily treated. I'm not a people pleaser, but I'm not rude. I'm very politeful and I observe the boundaries. That's all I ever do. So I get triggered. I trigger them. And I'm thinking, what? Again, not again, but I'm doing it on behalf of the many people they're doing it to. It's not, I don't feel evil about it. I mean, I feel like I got out. It makes you feel accused unjustly, like you're an evil person. This is usually celebrity ministry and they're, fall, they're trained folk. Not all celebrity do that. These are the whelp celebrities. All right, so it's so disconcerting truly for the future church and the Holy Spirit moves. These movements are owning. Many of them think they must think they own the Holy Spirit book of Acts. I teach on that. That's why I have to train it so I can move about without getting scanned and stoned like some Jezebel from afar by their harlot watching that they never, because they character assassinate and they have. Therefore I'm up front. I think, you know what? Part of being an apostle, a chief apostle, in any movement is that God sends you, he picks you, gives you revelation and where to go to plant the work or two works, whatever it's going to be. And then you have to deal with what's on the land, who inhabits the land. And my land is Holy Spirit, Book of Acts. And on my land has been this traditional occult, haughty and bold, fierce and opposing whelp. Good old boys. Down, they're not down home. They are to themselves, but nobody else. But I'm not a good old girl. I'm a human. I'm a real person, Book of Acts. So I've got to be that candid. I will be because I'm clearing, I've cleared the land. All the teaching, all this legalism, I know their, I know their stuff. So I can help anybody else that needs 
to defrag their doctrine, but also to understand how not to be a cult in your own ministry, how not to be moved, that you do not have to go to a Friendly Fire Fellowship. It ain't about a fellowship, it is about them. That's what it is. It ain't Friendly Fire Fellowships, it ain't about the Lord down deep. They may say Holy Ghost, they may do all these signs and wonders, whatever they're going to do in the witch watching pastor crowd, but down deep, if they don't have love, if they're really not loving and they're not genuine, really respecting anybody, they're in the wrong market. They're in the Friendly Fire Fellowship wannabe club. They're false. <laughs> they're a cult. So that's why I'm speaking of cleansing. Second Timothy 3. So these people are despisers of good, the innocent newbie. They pick you as the evil underminer, charismatic witch, won't speak to you to find out, not submitted on their part to Matthew 18, 15, time after time after time. Galatians 6, 1, the vocabulary, humble, one-to-one -one approach, correct them if you think they are, find out. They're not James 3, 17, easily entreated, pure, peaceable, easily entreated without partiality or without hypocrisy. Because they keep saying, oh yeah, we're the, you know, we're so glad you're, no, you're not. You're scanning, you're scowling, you're not. God, God is love. <laughs> Witch watching is gossip. Unless you have, unless you talk to them and you find out for sure. I've, what happened was at the bottom, when I've really gotten, when I closed that chapter on this, I'm really trying to quit this chapter, you know, of whelp studies. I realized all these people that call people witches all the time, they're always in this prophetic kind of crowd. They are using witchcraft. They are big witches. A lot of them are big witches because unless they, if they don't, you know, if they want to correct me, get off your high horse and talk to me, that's fine. I'm not putting you down. I'm saying, I look at your fruit. I'm not calling you a witch, except because of your fruit. You just say you're a prophet, a choice prophet, when really you're acting in the fruit of charismatic, you know, like withstanding, controlling doctrines, not being direct, avoiding, yet calling people names that are evil, that is evil, spread it around all the group, your leadership group. That's, that's hypocrisy. That's false. That's dark. That's demonic. That is like disgusting in the eyes of you're putting it out as a marketing, it's a ministry, a Christian ministry, a fellowship that you're going to be safe and respected in the beloved. And instead it's bait and switch. And I've seen this time. And then you want to keep people there for hours in your ministry. And you want to, it's like, whoa, it is whoa. And Isaiah, the national prophet, Isaiah 10, 1 through 3 talks about this. The national leaders of God's people bring withstanding God's whole Holy Spirit yoke-breaking anointing. And God was saying, I need you to let go and get right, get pure, because you're blocking the Holy Spirit. And the fierce Assyrian nation's going to try to take you down, and you're blocking me and your strongholds. Isaiah 1 through 10. In the middle of that is Isaiah 5, 20. Woe. Woe to you who call good evil, evil good. There is a host, a tremendous host, a trying hard host. All right. From such, turn away. All right. 
without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent fierce, despisers of those that are good. When you are the good person, the pure and hearted, you're the remnant. You go in there and you're getting assassinated. You're getting demonic psychic projection that you're evil, potentially. You're getting micromanaged or withstood. You're being witch-watched, accused, and you have no voice. It's, it's affecting your soul. It's like a virus. You can't see it. It's there. And I, it, when I got out the last time, I didn't realize how it really is a call. I had to get free of that because it has emotional hooks. It has hooks in you from, you know, subtle hooks of psychic or control or warp doctrine. It really does take a while to get out of that. And I have, and I'm very happy, but it was like, I'm teaching this to help spare people and help protect people. That's all. And then, so it says they're despisers of those that are good traitors. You can't trust them. They'll smile in your face and backstab you. All right. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Just so we got our stuff. Just so we got ours so we can do our thing. Have Eli Templeite priesthood type stuff. Verse 5, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. All right, denying the power thereof. Well, what is the form of godliness? I would say what I'm saying, it can have many levels. The form of godliness, we say, we accuse you falsely for no reason based on our occult or poor doctrine. And we are unrepentant to even ask God to see if it's right. Check out our, see if our heart motives are right. Our doctrine is right. But we are saying we represent, we're chosen by God in the land to represent Holy Spirit. But when I look at the fruit, when I investigate fruit of relationships and pure hearts and whatever, no ego, they're divine. They're, it's not Holy Spirit. It's not witnessing to Holy Spirit. It's witnessing to the dark Antichrist spirit. It is. It's not community. It's not diverse. It's not respectful. It is demeaning and diminishing human, precious peers, fellow Christians, black and white. It is really off. It says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. The power thereof, you know, there are many ways and shades to teach that verse. I admit it. But when I'm thinking of this type of focus, I would say they are denying the power of the true Holy Spirit, the cleansing blood of the Lamb. I, I, they're denying the value of more mature relationships and healing of their own selves. This is misogyny. A lot of it has misogyny in the Welp tribes. It is a various kinds of styles that have the Eli Temple I priest, but also misogyny. Women are, certain kinds of women are, are chatteled or devalued or diminished, or they're all Jezebels. Watch out, because it's all patriarchal male, basically. Now, you can have, I know this 
Christian world. And there can be men that are black that do things and brown that do things to women or women can do it to men. There's some mean women out there. But we're talking straight today to make our point that if you have met the gracious Holy Spirit and you really want to know more about the true Holy Spirit, Book of Acts, the comfort, joy, presence of the Holy Spirit, then you do not want to go and have that mixed in with the cloak of superiority, of eagle-eyed, all-knowing power, but it is not Holy Spirit. It is more occult, calling itself prophet. Do I accuse you by name? No. Do I accuse you because you're white man? No, the opposite. Thank God for white. I love all kinds of colors of men. I respect you as the authority. I'm looking at a type that markets itself as a Christian prophetic type of clubby ministry and just pointing out fruit that is damaging to meaning that can remain. You don't walk in, if you have it, let's say the doctrinal bath waters is what I'm talking about. You walk in and you think, like a bath, let's say if you get in a bath, a real bath, you want to make sure you have a nice warm tub and the water is so clean with no hidden ingredients that could stick to you later when you get out that will have poison in it that you didn't know about because you couldn't, you didn't know about it. So when you go in to immerse yourself and let yourself be open by your heart, your spirit, your emotions, because you're in the presence of God, his people supposedly, you don't want to have anything else that remains when you leave that would hurt you, confuse you, damage you, break your heart, be like a back, a, a sword in your back that you can't get out for a long time because it's spiritual. These are deep spiritual emotional wounds of a friendly fire fellowship and of a sick training people. It is a sick manifestation of dark doctrine. And so because I have seen both sides, I was raised not, I was raised only healthy, which made me in hindsight, had, no, I had grace, it's just grace that it can help me get a perspective of, wow, I didn't know it was that bad. I didn't know ministry could be that fault-finding, needy ministry. Are they needy that they have to feel better about themselves by demeaning and degrading people here and there? Not all of them are doing it, but a lot of them have. A lot of them do. So in my hindsight, I've covered since the body of Christ since my age 24, but the Holy Spirit groups from age in the 80s on up and then the prophecy groups from 90 up until now so the 91 was my first time really in a prophetic meeting and since then i've been sent around the world so, uh, not a world but america mostly deep south from pennsylvania charlotte virginia south carolina florida a lot panhandle all different times central florida as well many times Dallas, Fort Worth for 15 years, and Tulsa, I've been sent to Missouri, but amazingly, I've realized it's the Holy Spirit moves of God that are affected by television and media, which is the turf that I was sent upon, and I respect them all. I respect most of this, but I'm saying because it's late, we don't have time 
to play games with people. What I've found that hurts, like the Ode to Wealth, many people who are not trained and don't want to do this, you do not know when you devalue people because about your ministry, it's your ministry, your pride, you are playing games with people's lives. That's why I'm saying it. You are monkeying around with the visitor, the newbie, the person that helps you on your staff. You are monkeying around playtime because of your, some of your stuff, your false stuff, and your, where is the perception of what, I mean, the ego ministry. I mean, really. So if I had not seen it, you know, with my eyes and been around it, and I'm not playtime. Maybe that's what gets them. I'm not playing. I may not look your part. I may not look like I'm doing anything. I'm watching because I'm on duty. And I really came because usually I needed to get away from my own stuff. And then I would meet celebrity or other things. Not all celebrities. So you can have fame. You can have renown that's not celebrity, and I know the difference. And I go a place that could be called famous, and I don't care about being famous. But I'm caring about heart, and I'm not a junior minister. Because, see, this is it. They're so dull in this kind of group. They're so off. They can't tell a mature person. They don't respect an elder at all, and they are really full of it themselves they are me it's really it has never been in my whole life the experience as i have the last 15 years 12 years of subcultures of me we've got it made me centric we centric we colonial do-gooder prophecy i've never seen anything like it the stronghold it is a strong hold but god is not going to move on them he can't move on them unless they let him be God to them. And it's a, it's a new day. And I don't want, we don't want anyone to be on the other side of this, the e, the Eli Templeite priesthood. Because I've been saying that how many years, four to five years before I got up here, I was feeling a concern, a woe for the Eli Templeite priesthood with the fruit of 1 Samuel and their boys, the good old boys. Boys will be boys ministry. <laughs> wink, wink. No more. That is an outlaw culture if you're a Christian minister. I would what I observe, see, I wasn't raised around it or in my home. I've never been around womanizer ministries, if some of these choose to be. I wasn't raised around that, so I don't think like that. I think pure, faithful, all that. So then I realized that there, there are cultures that are biased, misogynist against women that use women like Eli, just like that tribe. There's a tribe of them. And I must have bumped into them <laughs> because I think that stirs them up and um, they think that I'm hard-headed and I'm not. I'm really for them. I'm just... I'm just not used to being around people who think women are evil or out to take your turf. I've just not ever been degraded or dominant. You know, I've never been demeaned or dominated by Christians before until I met this crowd. This is a crowd. It is a great crowd of false witnesses. <laughs> We're surrounded. I've been surrounded through my life at different times. Pitiful, poor me, false witnesses. Oh, yes, the devil made me do it. Eve did it. 
He's made me. So that's why I teach. We teach. We teach them. The Bible says to me, when, when the good news was first given, when Jesus Christ, God gave the good news to the first church, he gave it to ignorant and untrained men. The issue is, I would say, but he didn't intend for them to stay that way, or me either. So this is what we're putting it out. God is good, his mercy endures forever. Now, if you would like to pray for me, I would like that. If you'd like to contribute, that would be great. We had, due to this, we've never had the weirdest of our income in our life. And I had a tragic thing happen with a good old boy before I left. And our need is really to prayer and how to get this out so I can speak and stuff. But also our musician instruments were ripped off and broken. I've had a lot of things with that. Do I feel pitiful and set? No, but I feel that we are not in a place that we can want to get too near to cult spirit. I'm very concerned about cult spirit with myself. I can pick it up a mile away, so therefore we are sort of not in that environment. We're not making a lot of relationships because I love Holy Spirit, but to go there right now, I will have to get back into the cult environment or the belittling of myself or a female because they don't the white people have no clue about a female head leader apostle like this chief apostle so i have to pull away because i don't want to be around occult i don't want to be psychic spy deep scanned anymore i don't want to be diminished and say you are going to be you know under us and closet undermining of like you know it's just she's a witch and all that crap so we're not going to put up with that but we forgive them and we've moved on but the need is god to show us what to do to form the area ministry rock hill to to charlotte i'm going to be filming up there because i need more up in the south park area i'm sent to south park area and so we are just here happy and see this is it i really like i really like rock hill and fort mill it's so comfortable but I, I'm supposed to also go toward the the um, part of town that is Charlotte and the, the what do you call it, the South Park area, because that's me too. I can rise up. I'm, I'm really from that. I really do great in that environment, but I also like the down-home feeling. That's what I like. Good neighborly, basically diverse here, and it's diverse in Charlotte too, but the energy... Whatever that is, I really need that too. So I'm going to try to focus our ministry branching out, telling people that we need to know how to connect. And that's the big prayer. How to connect without regretting it. That's really me right now. And I'm full of joy, full of victory. I've never felt so joyful, so peaceful. I have no idea exactly what's going to happen in the world. Nobody does. It is really strange. But, you know, my spirit just says, Wow, I feel really hopeful. I don't know what may happen, but I've been through stuff, a lot of stuff, and God got me through it. He'll keep, he'll keep me and preserve me again. So God is good. We're pro all people, African Americans, Asians, Hispanics, white people, we-centric, as well as we-global. I'm a we-global. That means I can hang out with the diverse. I might not feel quite as welcome or at home with the sticklers you know like that culture of 
whatever it is. So we're just down to earth, real people, and you'll know me by my spirit. So we are pro the body of Christ. We're going to end it here, but let us say, do you have, do you have to go if there's nobody around in your area? You have nowhere to go except a friendly fire fellowship. Do you have to go? No. Go online. Start your own. Pray for the people. Forgive them, but don't put yourself out there unless God tells you to go and you can handle it. That's different. Paul says three commands. Hebrews 10.25. Don't forsake fellowship with the saints as some have. That didn't mean you have to put yourself out to be you know, hurt, sacrificed on their altar <laughs> of a friendly fire fellowship. But that means you have to be more careful and you can go online or on land where God leads you. All right. So Paul says, yes, don't forsake fellowshipping, but you can do it in the coffee shop or in the back room of a house. You never know. All right. The other part is, and you can be on my network if you want to be on my network and get, you know, we can do some communicate somehow, write me at tclleadership at gmail.com. The other part is Paul has two commands about not fellowshipping with these kinds of people. One is the friendly fire fellowship of 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, we just described from such turn away is a command. The other one is 1 Timothy, uh, 1 Timothy 6, 5, if they say, they talk big, and they say, you're not blessed because you have no money. You don't have a lot of money. You're not blessed by God. Paul commands from such turn away. And we have, and we're much more joyful and peaceful besides. So God is good. His mercy endured. Like I said, I do take prayer requests. I love, am a servant leader. And if you really need prayer or prayer protection, we'll put you on the list for six months. If you need to communicate, let me know. And if the Lord tells me on my side, or if you communicate it, I'll send you my phone or we can hang, you know, network somehow because I really understand it is tough for some, you know, really extreme in some areas and some places for some people. So we have a network, but we'll gladly add you to it. TCL Leader, TCL Leadership at gmail.com. This is Tavo DRC. Tavo DRC signing off for now. God bless. I think I talked a lot. Bye-bye.